Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest edition of the Xander's Facts podcast. I am, of course, the aforementioned Xander. It is episode 95 of the podcast here on Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 95 of the Xander's Facts podcast. For pressing the button that sent this podcast straight into your ears. It is a big podcast we've got this week, the Big 9-5, because we are talking about something we have never talked about er we've rarely talked about on this podcast before but this is the first time we are devoting an entire podcast to it this week we're talking about soccer and i know we all are thinking xander shut up we have talked about soccer like for half of the 95 podcasts like you talk about it all the time and i do it's true we talk about soccer a lot on this podcast but the specific type of soccer that we're going to be talking about is brand new almost to the podcast it is mls Major League Soccer, the domestic league in this country, in the United States of America. We haven't talked about it before, so I thought that right now, on Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023, would be the best time to begin talking about MLS on the podcast, because we got to support our U.S. soccer and our domestic league. We're going to talk about all of that, because there's a lot of stuff to get to beyond what's on the field. We're going to talk about all of that in just a minute. Here on the podcast, and I had something else I wanted to mention, but I can't. I don't. I didn't write it down. I remember there was something I wanted to mention, and I didn't write it down on the podcast. I don't know. We might get to it if I remember it during my plugs. But speaking of plugs, remember that if you like the Zaders Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like all the facts on this week's edition, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 95, to your device, rate and review the podcast, then go on all our socials. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We are on there at Xander's Facts. That is Xander with the Z. I just remembered what I was going to mention. And remember, most importantly, to tell all your friends about the facts. We like to call it around here, spread the facts. Xander's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about Xander's Weekend Facts, which is our weekly newsletter. It comes out every Sunday morning. Recap of the week's top headlines. It is free. Check it out. Link is in this episode's description. The Xander's Facts link tree has all the Xander's Facts links that you need. That is also linked in this episode's description. And also, you should go check out Xander'sFacts.com, the new Xander's Facts website, which also has the Xander's Facts shop. So you can get your fax swag at Xander'sFacts.com. So before we get to MLS, I just wanted to mention, I don't know why I wanted to mention on this podcast, but I found it very amusing. So if you don't know, Xander, myself, am an avid TikTok user, <gasps> which is probably really bad because China's stealing all my data and I don't care, whatever. And so on TikTok, everybody probably knows about trends on TikTok. There's these trends that people make all these videos about the same thing for, you know, a week or two, and then the trend dies out and move on to the next trend. Well, the trend right now is AI videos of presidents playing video games. What do you say? That's probably a little confusing if you don't know what I mean. But a couple weeks ago, we talked about augmented reality and virtual reality and how they're the future. We can have, you know, instead of phones, we can have these glasses that we put on and they're an extension of the world and that's going to replace phones or whatever. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on the podcast. Check out that episode if you missed it. We were talking about that as the future. Well, AI, artificial intelligence, is also the future. And so... Now we have these programs, I guess, where you can 
input an individual and input basically a video of them speaking or an audio clip of them speaking or whatever to a program, and it'll automatically recognize their voice, generate their voice. And so then you can use the program to type out anything that you want that person to say, and the program will spit it out so that they say it from what you want to say. So the latest TikTok trend has been people using those platforms. I don't even know what they are, but they're using those platforms for Trump and Biden and Obama. And so they've combined them into them, like Trump and Biden and Obama, playing video games together. And I can't play a clip on this podcast because they are a little dirty, and this is a family-friendly podcast. But trust me, I mean, they're probably on Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts or whatever else if you don't use TikTok. But they are hilarious on TikTok. You got to check them out because the stuff they make them say, the interactions they have while they're playing you know, something stupid like Fortnite or Minecraft. You're probably listening to me and you're like, what in the world are you talking about, Zader? But it's actually pretty funny if you actually go listen to it. So I would go listen to it or watch it on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. I don't know why I mentioned that on the podcast, but I just thought that I would share something that I found humorous with all you fact-filled listeners. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Minecraft server. Guys, leave a propeller suit for each of us. Yeah, don't be selfish. Guys, you need to listen. If we don't get the star coins, then we will need to go back and get them after. What's a star coin? You guys want to play some Origins? All right, bet. So there you go. That's what I wanted to mention. So now let's get into our main topic for the podcast. We are talking about soccer. And as I said, we've talked about soccer for about half of the episodes on this podcast because Xander, over the course of this podcast, has become a real soccer nut. But we're not talking about U.S. soccer or the Premier League, or the World Cup, which we've talked about on this podcast before. We're talking about something new. We're talking about MLS, Major League Soccer. Oh, yay. It is the top domestic soccer league in this country. We've rarely mentioned it on the podcast before, which, you know, we're in America. We should be talking about the top club soccer league in this country. Like, if we're true soccer fans... That's what we should be doing, because we've talked about European soccer a bunch. We've talked about international soccer and U.S. soccer, of course, because U.S. men and U.S. women are the greatest. But we got to talk about MLS if we're going to support the game of soccer in America. And I know what you're probably going to say. MLS isn't even that good, Xander. There's a bunch of leagues that are better, Xander. Premier League's better. Serie A's better. La Liga, Bundesliga. They're all better. It's a retirement league. Blah, blah, blah. MLS thinks. Well, let me just tell y'all that if you're hating on MLS, I am not asking. I am demanding that you cease all your hates right now, especially if you're a soccer fan in America. If you wake up at, I guess on the East Coast, it's like 7 a.m., but if you're on the West Coast and you're waking up at 4 a.m. for Premier League games and you say you're a soccer fan, seriously, we talk about U.S. soccer and growing the game of soccer in America. That's what we try to do on this podcast and how a better U.S. men's national team will result in the growing of the game of soccer in America. But that's probably not the biggest factor in how we can grow the game of soccer in the United States. You know what could be the biggest factor in growing the game of soccer in America? How about Major League Soccer? The domestic soccer league we have here, we have so many fans of, in this country, Real Madrid. Barcelona, Arsenal, Chelsea, we all used to be Leeds fans, Manchester City, 
all these clubs that are in Europe. But like, why don't we have, and a lot of people do, but there are a lot of soccer fans who don't feel the same way about DC United or LAFC or Sporting Kansas City, the teams that are in MLS, you know, where people can actually go and experience a game here in the United States on the regular. You know, we don't have to watch some friendly that Manchester City is going to play at Lambeau Field in the middle of July. We can actually watch meaningful games for MLS here in America. Really? And to grow the game, the more people that experience MLS, the more people that enjoy it, well, those people are going to become fans of MLS and ultimately become fans of the game of soccer, which is ultimately great for the growth of soccer as a whole in the United States of America. So you know what? If you're hating on MLS, zip it. Because from now on, you're an MLS fan, okay? We're all MLS fans because we all support the game of soccer and we all want it to grow in the United States and a big part of how that can happen is the growth of MLS. So we're going to talk about MLS and now we're all fans and it's all very exciting. Besides, it's an exciting time for MLS, by the way. The league has never been better from an on-the-field standpoint. We've got a lot of young, up-and-coming talent. Our academies in this country are better than ever, producing the best soccer talent we've ever seen. And we've also got some super-skilled veterans that want to come to MLS, too. Whether they're American or whether they're from South America or Europe or Brazil or wherever, they come here to MLS because we have an actually good product. Don't be hating. And I know I'm just defending MLS and you're like, Xander, shut up. You're just defending MLS, whatever. I'm actually going to talk about MLS, all the stuff that's been going on, on the field and off the field. There might be more off the field news this year than us previewing the MLS season. Because this year marks the first year of a brand new way to watch MLS on television. And this could be a revolution. It could start a revolution in how we watch sports. This could have an impact many years down the line of well past MLS into other sports and other leagues. So we're going to talk about all that. I'm also going to talk about on the field stuff. Quick little recap of last year, what's to come this season on the field. If you have absolutely no clue how MLS works, what its structure is, I'm going to give you the lowdown on that so we all know exactly what MLS is. And all of this news about this new era, how to watch MLS. 2023 MLS season is going to be great. I'm actually hype because the season starts on Saturday and I'm going to be watching some soccer. We're talking Major League Soccer on the Xander's Facts podcast. we got a lot of stuff to get to on this podcast. Let's get to it. Finally, almost 11 minutes into the podcast. Here we go. So let's start by talking about all the off the field, off the pitch news before we get into our little season preview of this upcoming MLS season. There's a lot to talk about off the pitch this year when it comes to MLS, as I mentioned. We actually mentioned this on the podcast before when it was announced last year, but because the season starts this week, we've got a lot more details now. So this is like one of the only times I've mentioned MLS on the podcast. But last year, MLS signed a massive 10-year, $2.5 billion media rights deal with not ESPN, not Fox, not CBS, not NBC, not any of those, but with Apple, the company that makes your phone and your computer and your tablet. Apple is paying MLS at least $250 million every year to broadcast every single MLS match live 
around the world, not just the United States, but in a ton of other countries around the world. And so, as I said, MLS is getting $250 million each year, at least $250 million each year from Apple. In the previous deals that MLS had with ESPN, Fox, and Univision in the US, and then in Canada with TSN and TVA, MLS was only being paid $105 million total per season, combined from all those. So MLS is now receiving well over double what they were for their media rights in the last contract. Get that dough! So what does all this mean for us watching MLS on TV? Because things are going to change quite a bit. It means that every single MLS match for every single MLS team is going to be available on the Apple TV app, the same app that you watch Ted Lasso on. It's going to be this one-stop shop for everything Major League Soccer. So MLS and Apple have created this thing called MLS Season Pass, which is this subscription service which gives you access to all the games and a ton of other content surrounding the league and each club. The service launched at the beginning of this month, and I've actually looked through it, and you can too, even before Saturday, it's already up there. There's an MLS tab on the Apple TV app that I'm looking at right now. There is already a ton of stuff on there, and they haven't even played a regular season game. They've got a ton of highlights on there from last season to get you ready for this season, obviously. There's a ton of old classic matches because MLS has been around for the last 27 years, so you might want to watch those. There's a bunch of different shows, too. There's a show that takes a look at each club and the traditions and the culture they have because it's actually pretty cool when you get to know all about a club and its traditions and everything that it does. And there's a show that explores iconic MLS players. There's a show that explores current MLS players so you can get to know them. There's like a ton of content on there and they haven't played a regular season game. I mean, there's even drone tours of all the different stadiums in MLS. That's pretty cool. And all that content that's already on the service is going to stay there and it's only going to increase as the season goes along because all the games are going to be available to replay right after they end. And according to reports, MLS is requiring every club to produce additional content throughout the season that's going to go on the MLS Season Pass service. So that's all pretty cool. So it's going to have all the matches. It's going to have all that stuff. And with all the matches, or at least the match day, because most of the matches are going to be played on the same day, usually around the same time, there's going to be at least a 30-minute pregame show, which is going to be MLS Countdown. There's going to be a 30-minute postgame show, which is called MLS Wrap-Up. And this also means no more blackouts. Blackouts is a very dirty word in sports, because if you don't know, if you watch baseball... Here we go. And like, say, I'm here in Virginia, so I want to watch the Nationals play. Well, MLB has the service called MLB.TV, which gives you all the games, out-of-market games. But I'm in the D.C. market, technically, because I'm in Virginia. So I can't watch the Nationals games on there. I have to watch them on cable on this channel called Masson. But I don't have Masson on my little YouTube TV thingy. So I can't watch the Nationals, or the Orioles for that matter. In Iowa, I believe is the state, there's like five different teams that you can't watch because you have to watch them on the cable channel. And of course, barely anyone carries the cable channel anymore because not a lot of people watch it 
So you could, there's some cable channels or regional sports networks that air these games where you could pay to watch them a month, but it's like $30 or whatever a month just to watch those games. And it's ridiculous. And a lot of people who live in Virginia can't watch the Nationals because they don't have the upper tier cable subscription to watch them. And this happens with the NBA. It happens with NHL, and it happens in football, too. They make us pay $300 a season to watch all the games on Sunday afternoons that aren't on, like, our local Fox or NBC channels. So that's, you know, kind of overdated, but people pay it, and the NFL makes money, so they're going to keep doing it. And for MLS, this was a thing, too, because the MLS games aired on those regional sports networks a lot of these teams did, and a lot of people couldn't watch the MLS games. That are local MLS teams. Well, now you can. Thanks, goodness, that's over. End of rant because there are no more blackouts. I can watch DC United here in Virginia without cable. All the games will be on this MLS season pass. I can watch DC United. And I can watch every other club in MLS on the same service. You can watch any match anywhere in the U.S., and in, like, a ton of countries around the world, too. All on the Apple TV app. Most countries in the world, I believe. So there's one common complaint among MLS fans that's solved. Another complaint for years from MLS fans has been inconsistent kickoff times. There's matches one week that'll kick off at noon, another week they'll kick off at 6 p.m., another week they'll kick off at 2 p.m., and there's no reason why there's all these different kickoff times. Well, now, almost every match is going to start at 7.30 p.m. local time. And the matches are usually only going to take place on Wednesdays and Saturdays because there's precedent for this actually helping a league. Because if I'm a football fan and I want to watch the NFL, I know what time the NFL comes on. The NFL doesn't come on on Saturday afternoons at whatever time. It doesn't come on at Sunday afternoons at, you know, 6 o'clock. It comes on at 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoons. And then there's another round of games that kick off at 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoons. And then there's the late game on Sunday night. And then they have one game on Monday night. They call it Monday night football. Everyone knows what Monday night football is. They call it Thursday night football on Thursday night. Everyone knows what it is. They have done a perfect job, the NFL has, of putting their games at the same time, every week, for years and years and years, and it's just enshrined in our brains. Okay, 1 o'clock, Sunday afternoon, we have to watch football because that's when it comes on. Everybody knows that. Did you know that? And so now what hopefully MLS is trying to do is make you think, oh, it's 7.30 on a Saturday, MLS is on. 7.30 on a Wednesday, there's going to be some Wednesday matches, MLS is on. So that's what they're going to do. And it's also going to allow them to air this new wraparound show, like NFL Red Zone style show, where it goes between all the games. They're going to call it MLS 360. It's going to air on all the match days, I believe. It's going to be awesome. You know, for casuals who may not have a favorite team playing or you just want to watch soccer because European soccer isn't going on in the evenings here in America, this is going to be great. CBS does this type of show for the Champions League, the UEFA Champions League, the group stage matches, they call it the Golasso Show. And I love the Golasso Show. It shows you all the goals. It shows you the best games. It goes between the games. It's awesome. I'm definitely going to be watching some MLS 
360. That's probably what a lot of people are going to be watching, because I think it's going to be really cool. And also, every single match is going to be available in English and in Spanish. And for the three Canadian clubs, because there's three clubs that are based in Canada in MLS, French is also going to be offered as a language option. And you can also choose, if you don't want to listen to the commentators on TV, you can listen to the home team's radio announcers instead of the Apple announcers. You can choose to listen to that on the app. And there's also, besides MLS matches, there's going to be a ton of other matches from MLS's other leagues, because MLS has two other leagues, which are MLS Next and MLS Next Pro, which are both lower tier. Like, MLS Next is a youth league. It's kind of like their academies. And MLS Next Pro is a pro league that basically features MLS clubs, their second tier squads. It's like on the third or fourth tier of the American soccer pyramid. And MLS is at the top of the American soccer pyramid. And so if you're into that, there's also going to be a bunch of matches from those two leagues. And then it's also going to have every match from this new competition, which is called the Leagues Cup, which is this new competition between MLS clubs and Liga MX. Liga MX is the top Mexican soccer league. So between July 15th and August 20th of this year, both leagues, MLS and Liga MX, are going to pause their seasons and just compete in Leagues Cup. Every club from both leagues is going to compete. That's 47 different clubs who are going to compete in this competition. Now, we've had this competition before, but it was really small. There were only like four or six or eight teams participating. It wasn't very big. Now, every single team from these two countries is playing. So we're going to have 15 three-team groups. Each club is going to play each other once. That's in their group. And the top two clubs in the groups will advance to the round of 32, where the clubs will play down to the final. And the clubs that finished atop last year's standings in each league automatically advance out of the group stage and into the round of 32. There's going to be two of those teams because the top team from MLS and the top team from Liga MX. So it's going to be the first time that this big competition happens. So we'll see how it goes. But every match from that competition is also going to be part of the MLS season pass on Apple TV. Cool facts, bro. And another common complaint to all MLS fans, because there have been several, is broadcast quality, which has hopefully also been addressed, because we like to see the future is 4K. Everything in 4K looks great. You know, the matches aren't going to be broadcast in 4K, although that's supposed to happen in the next few years is what they've said. But Apple and MLS say that every match is going to be broadcast in 1080p, which is the best besides 4K. Like, it's second tier to 4K, but it, you know, the stuff that we're actually watching, like if you watch cable and ESPN and ABC and CBS and all that, that's not in 1080p. That's in like 720p or 1080i, which aren't as good. Those are like technical terms, but they're not as good as 1080p. If you say so. And so Fox and ESPN were broadcasting MLS matches, and it didn't look that great. There was a lot of complaints about broadcast quality in 720p. So hopefully they look better. And actually, like last weekend, I don't know why I was watching this, but they had a couple preseason games on the Apple TV app, and I was watching them. And they look pretty nice. 
and they look pretty sharp, and the graphics looked pretty clean as well. So hopefully it all looks good. I mean, this is the first time they're doing this, is on Saturday. They're going to be broadcasting a full slate of games, so we'll see what happens. But hopefully they look nice. Apple's really only done sports before with MLB. They broadcast two MLB games every Friday night, so that's basically all they've done before this. So this is kind of new territory for Apple. So we'll see how it goes. So, you know, all of that stuff, all in all, that's a ton of content. But, Xander, you all are asking the question, what is it gonna cost me? This all can't be free. And yeah, all this great MLS content that we all love so much does come at a price. It is not all free. No! MLS Season Pass costs $14.99 a month or $99 for the entire season. But if you subscribe to Apple TV+, Plus, which is Apple's streaming service, it's only $12.99 a month or you can just pay $79 for the entire year. However, if you don't want to pay that much money, which isn't that much to be fair for all that stuff, but if you don't want to pay all that money, there are at least two ways that you can get MLS Season Pass for free, besides stealing someone's password. One, if you are a season ticket holder for an MLS club, you will get Season Pass for free. How about that? Also, if you have T-Mobile as your phone internet carrier, then you can also get MLS Season Pass for free. You have to go to the T-Mobile Tuesdays app, but you can sign up before March 14th, to get free MLS Season Pass. T-Mobile for the win. I mean, I already think I get free Apple TV from T-Mobile, and you get free Netflix from T-Mobile. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't... This is not a plug for T-Mobile, by the way. I'm just saying. If you have T-Mobile, you get free MLS Season Pass, and you don't have to pay for it. So, there you go. That's how I got it, by the way. But, sadly, if you don't have T-Mobile, if you have another phone carrier, or you aren't a season ticket holder to an MLS club, and you don't want to pay up for season pass, because you, I don't, whatever reason, you'll still be able to catch a ton of MLS action this season, because each week during the regular season, there are going to be six matches available for free on the Apple TV app. So six matches every match day, every week, are going to be available for free. You don't even need MLS season pass. So there's going to be 493 MLS matches that will take place this season. And I saw somewhere that they calculated that about 210 of them are going to be available for free on the Apple TV app. And there might be even more than 210 because every match this weekend is also going to be available for free. So you can take a free test ride of MLS Season Pass and watch all the games and the wraparound show and all that stuff this weekend because it's all going to be free this weekend. So there you go. But also... MLS is not just going to be on Apple TV. Some of the games are still going to be on regular cable TV because MLS has also signed a four-year deal with Fox to broadcast 34 regular season matches on TV and also eight playoff matches, including MLS Cup Final. So these matches are also going to be on Apple TV. They're also going to be there, but you can also watch them on either Fox or FS1. Like, there's two games this weekend that are also going to be on TV, in addition to the Apple TV app. 
So basically, if the only reason you have cable is to watch MLS, you can get rid of it because there's still going to be some of those matches on Fox and FS1. Every single MLS match is going to be available on the Apple TV app. So, you know, if you're one of those people who only had cable to watch MLS, I guess, get rid of it, cut the cord, and just get MLS season pass, which is something you cannot say about the NBA or the NFL or the NHL, you know, or MLB. You know, for all the other major sports leagues in this country, they're still, they still have games that are exclusive to cable TV or broadcast or whatever. So it's really groundbreaking what MLS has done because it's the first major sports league in the U.S., maybe around the world, to put all of its games on one place on streaming. And they're getting a lot of money for it, even though, let's, you know, be honest, they didn't really have any choice because ESPN and Fox, who carried the league's games before the season, they did not bid a bunch of money to broadcast the games. They were kind of like, eh, all right, we'll just give you a little bit of money, MLS. Apple was the one who came in and offered the league basically a lifeline. And the trade-off is not as much exposure on TV and also the end of MLS games on ESPN. Because now in 2023, for the first time since the league began back in 1996, ESPN and ABC aren't going to have MLS games. Even though ABC and MLS had their highest rated MLS season since 2007 last year. It's a fact. So, you know, now they're missing out. But that's the trade-off. But it's pretty exciting to see club soccer in America get this much investment. But... It is absolutely a risk, as I said, because it's not a lot of times going to be on your little cable guide. You know, if not that many people take the time to actually open up the Apple TV app and check out MLS Season Pass, then this may not work. But Apple is betting that it will work. And that should work to MLS's benefit because Apple's done a lot of things right before. And you know what? If that was the sentiment that people aren't just going to go off their cable guide for whatever, Netflix wouldn't be popular. Disney Plus wouldn't be popular. All these streaming services wouldn't be popular. It's on the Apple TV app with Apple TV Plus and Ted Lasso. It's not a new app. It's the same app. And it comes on all your phones and computers and tablets if you have Apple stuff, whatever. So it's already on there. So I was skeptical at first, but actually thinking about it and actually looking at all the facts as I just provided you all on this... I think it's going to work, and this could be the beginning of a revolution for how we watch sports on TV and our devices that could transcend sports, not just soccer, but basketball, hockey, baseball, football, all the other sports. I mean, it's a pretty exciting time to be a fan of soccer in the U.S. and be a fan of MLS, I will just say, because I think that all of this is pretty cool, and I think it's going to work to the benefit of MLS. Too many facts. So there you go. That's all that mumbo jumbo about how you can actually watch MLS this season, which we had to break down because it's brand new where there's a ton of ways that you can get MLS season pass to actually watch the games. And there's also going to be games still, there's going to be games on cable, although not as many, and they're still all going to be on the Apple TV app. So that's basically all the off the field news with how you can watch MLS, MLS's new media rights deal. With all that mumbo-jumbo out of the way, let's get to the pitch, what everybody has been waiting for, because it is time to preview the 2023 MLS season, because the matches, as I said, begin this Saturday. Big game alert! February 25th. 
it's almost the end of February. Next week on the podcast, it's going to be the first day of March. How about that? So we're at the end of February, and that means the MLS season is kicking off. And if you know absolutely nothing about Major League Soccer, you're like, Xander, what is MLS? I have no clue. Don't worry. I got you. Before we do our little preview, I'm just going to give you a quick overview of Major League Soccer, of the league. Here comes a fact! So, MLS, as I said, is the domestic soccer league here in the United States that is at the top of the U.S. soccer pyramid. It has 29 clubs competing this season, which is the most ever because this year, St. Louis City FC is joining the league as an expansion side. And last year, Charlotte FC joined the league. So the number has just continued to increase. 26 of those clubs play in the U.S. And as I said, three play in Canada. And while it is a soccer league, and when MLS started back in the 90s, it was totally different from all the other leagues basically around the world because the clock actually went down instead of going up. At the end of the games, we went to overtimes, and then we had penalty shootouts where we actually ran up to the ball and kicked it and then dribbled, tried to get past the keeper. It was wild. All that stuff isn't there anymore, but there's still a lot of things that differentiate MLS from, you know, the other big soccer leagues around the world, like in England and Spain and Germany, like the fact that in MLS, there is no promotion and relegation. So if you know the Premier League, There's the title race at the top to win the title. There's also the relegation race at the bottom because the bottom three teams in England at the end of the season get relegated out of the Premier League and into the second tier, which is the EFL championship. That does not happen in MLS. The teams don't move down to the second tier, which is the USL championship. And there's teams in the USL championship, which don't move up to the first tier, you know. All the teams that are in MLS just stay in MLS, no matter where you finish, which is good because DC United finished last last year. But we'll get to all of that. And usually top soccer leagues around the world are smaller, like the Premier League has 20 teams, Bundesliga has 18 teams, MLS has 29, and has continued to grow since its founding almost three decades ago. Each club plays 34 matches in the regular season. And also unlike other international leagues, MLS is split into the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Right now, there are 15 teams in the East, and there's 14 teams in the West, which is obviously uneven. Although, there are plans for a 30th expansion team, not next year, but in the next few years. The top cities on the running at the moment, reportedly, are in the West, obviously, because they need another Western Conference team. They're San Diego and Las Vegas. Oh boy. Those two cities might be getting an MLS side soon, or at least one of them will. And obviously, there could definitely be more expansion on the horizon beyond then, because we've gone well past 20. We just keep expanding. So who knows what's going to happen. But for this year, every team is going to play every team in their conference twice, home and away, and is going to play every team in the other conference once, except for four or five of teams, which they aren't going to play at all. Unless they meet in the postseason, which I guess could only be the final. But it could still happen. And that's another thing that differentiates MLS from other leagues, is the postseason. MLS uses a playoff system 
to determine its champion. You know, like in the Premier League, when I first learned about this, I was like, they do what? They just do the regular season. And then at the end of the regular season, whoever has the most points wins the title. They win the trophy. And when I first heard about that, I was like, that's not how you do it. Because, you know, in all our American sports, that's not how we do it. We have a postseason. We have a tournament. We have a championship. But in, you know, England and Spain and Germany, you know, except for the Champions League, but in their domestic club leagues, they don't have a playoff. They just end the regular season and whoever has the most points at the end wins, which there's arguments for and against doing that. But MLS has a playoff system. And we just learned on Tuesday, the day I'm recording this podcast, that MLS is introducing a new playoff format this year that is going to expand the number of teams that qualify for MLS Cup playoffs. So after I wrote all my notes about it, I have to go back and rewrite all these because MLS announced a brand new playoff format. Ew. But in previous years, what MLS has done is the top seven clubs from each conference based on point totals have advanced to the playoffs. The top seed in the conference, so the number one team, gets a bye from the first round to the conference semifinals. The six remaining teams play in the first round, then they play in the conference semifinals, then the conference finals, and then MLS Cup, and it's just one game. So you could play up to four postseason matches if you go from the first round to MLS Cup. But starting this year, there will now be nine teams that will qualify from each conference for the postseason. The postseason is now going to open up with a one-game wildcard match between the eighth seed and the ninth seed in each conference, which is going to determine who advances to the first round. So it's kind of like a play-in game. Like the NBA has those play-in games. This is kind of what that's like for MLS. So after that, we go to the first round. The first round is going to have the eight teams facing off. The one seed, they'll face the winner of the wild card game, so the one seed won't get a bye to the conference semifinals. Two will face seven. The third seed will face the sixth seed, and the fourth seed faces the fifth seed. The first round is going to be a best of three series now. So it's not just one game. It's a best of three. The higher seed hosts the first game, and if necessary, the third game. So one team, whoever wins at least two of those three matches, they move on to the conference semifinals, which are the same. It's just one game, and then the conference final is just one game, and then the final MLS Cup is just one game again. So that's the new playoff format for MLS. Good to know. And that's basically a little overview of how the league works. So last season, LAFC and Philadelphia Union were the two teams that tied at the top of the overall table. LAFC won a tiebreaker to win the Supporters' Shield, which goes to the team with the most points at the end of the regular season. So, you know, in the Premier League, they get the big trophy and they win it all at the end of the regular season. In MLS, you just get the Supporters' Shield, which is also pretty cool, but that's not the big trophy, the big overall prize. So those two teams, who were the two best teams all season, everybody knew it, wound up meeting in MLS Cup. LAFC won a dramatic match. You got to go watch it back on the Apple TV app that went the distance and went 120 minutes plus stoppage time. It went to like the 130th minute. And then there were penalties, and then LAFC won MLS Cup for the first time. The team that began play back in 2018 and was actually recently crowned by Forbes 
as the first MLS club to achieve a $1 billion valuation. They are worth a billion dollars, and no other MLS club can say that. How about that? That's a big fact. But let's move on now to this season. What is the 28th season of Major League Soccer, which could be, I mean, could be the best that the league has ever seen when we look at the on-field product. Since we're talking about MLS on the pod for the first time, I thought that as we do our season preview, we should mention at least all 29 teams once. So what I've done for a little season preview is everybody loves rankings and tiers. So I have placed all the MLS clubs into tiers based on how good I think they are going to be this season. I have ranked all the 29 MLS clubs for everyone's entertainment. And of course, I had to pick the winner of MLS Cup 2023. So we've got that here on the podcast. I've split the clubs up into three tiers. We've got the nobodies, we've got the pretenders, and we've got the contenders, of course. What other three tiers could you want? And then off of those three tiers... I have ranked all 29 of the MLS clubs. So I got my season preview rankings. I've got my MLS cup pick. And for all 29 clubs, I've got the facts that you need to know before the MLS season starts on Saturday. So since we're building up in anticipation here to preview the MLS season, we're going to start at the bottom of my list with the nobodies, the clubs you likely won't see play meaningful matches this year. I'm sorry, y'all, but I mean, it's true. So let's start out with my rankings at the bottom. Who doesn't love a good ranking? Oh my gosh. Big fact incoming. So 29 clubs in MLS. Let's rank them to begin the preseason. Number 29, St. Louis City SC, the newest entrant in the league. Who By the way, you may have noticed, but I do yell city when saying St. Louis City SC because city is spelled in all caps for some reason. So I don't know why. But the newest team in MLS has Bradley Carnell, former interim manager for New York Red Bulls, as the club's boss man. Zhao Klaus is the man leading the attack up front. They're a new club, so they get to be bad, but... You know, probably won't see them in too many meaningful matches this year. But it'll still be fun to watch the city of St. Louis embrace MLS. Number 28 is Chicago Fire. Chicago got a massive transfer fee, up to $15 million for 18-year-old goalkeeper Gaga Slonina. Get that dough! Remember that name, 18 years old. He's a U.S. men's national teamer. He's at Chelsea now. He's pretty good, Gaga. But even with Swiss standout Shakiri, you may have seen him in the World Cup. There's not much talent on Chicago Fire, so they're going to be at the bottom. And then Minnesota United at 27. There's a lot of depth on Minnesota United, but Emmanuel Reynoso hasn't shown up for trading camp, probably their best player, and is currently in Argentina. So without their best player, they're going to struggle. Minnesota United 27. 26 is San Jose Earthquakes because last year the Earthquakes finished at the bottom of the West, but they have a new coach, Luchi Gonzalez, who's looking to bring soccer back to the Bay Area because you've got Oakland, San Francisco, where usually the pro teams are, 
But the pro team in MLS is in San Jose. New signing, though, they've got a new signing, Jonathan Mensah, who's going to be one to watch on a defense that, if they want to play better, needs to play much better. And Jeremy Abobasi, up top, had 17 goals last season. Watch out for him and for the Earthquakes if they want to shake up, pun intended. Not funny. The Western Conference. But let's go to 25, who's also in the West. Pacific Northwest, Vancouver Whitecaps. They play in the stadium called BC Place. It's going to host World Cup games in 2026. It looks really cool, so I've always had a soft spot for the Whitecaps because BC Place looks pretty cool. But I'm not so sure about their on-field talent this year. Lucas Cavallini is the club's record signing from a few years ago, but he's not there anymore. Sergio Cordova scored nine goals for Real Salt Lake last year. He's in there for attack for Vancouver, but I have them in my bottom five, so they might not be too great. There's two other teams in the Pacific Northwest who I think are going to be much better in MLS this year. We'll get to those, of course. Let's stick. We're halfway through with our nobodies, so we're kind of skimming through these. Houston Dynamo. Dynamo have a couple names you probably know. One of those is Hector Herrera from Mexico. He plays on the Mexican national team, but they didn't add much in the offseason from a team that finished 13th in the West last year, and it's year number one for former DC United manager Ben Olsen. Not too much from the Dynamo or CF Montreal in 23, who finished second in the East last year. So why are they 23rd? Well, they look a lot different because Club de Foot Montreal, that is their full name, lost two major pieces in the offseason. Jordi Mihalovic and Alistair Johnson, they're off to Europe. They were the focal points of Montreal and them scoring all those goals last season. Plus, they have a new manager, former another former DC United manager, Hernan Losada, is now in charge for Montreal. So they'll probably take a step back. I don't know. That's a big step back going down to 23rd. But we'll see. Colorado is 22nd. Colorado Rapids. I always remember them as Tim Howard's club. It was just two years ago that Colorado finished atop of the West, but in their lone MLS Cup playoff match, they lost. They're a team with a lot of depth, but not a lot of talent that's going to wow the league. But if they perform well, remember this name, Darren Yappi, 18 years old. It'll be because of him breaking out in the attack. 21 is New England Revolution, who won the Supporters' Shield in 2021, best team in the regular season in the entire league, and then last year they finished 10th in the East. Major drop-off. Roster has a lot of talent. Former league MVP Carlos Gill is on the team, but you have to wonder. Bruce Arenas, the head coach, manages the team, 71 years old. How much does he have left after last season's drop? Who knows with New England. And number 20, finishing out our nobodies, is my boys. DC United, Vamos United. Oof. The team that finished bottom of the table last year. I think is going to experience a bit of a resurgence this season. Wayne Rooney is the manager. He's entering his first full year as manager. And there's some new talent. Ruan from Orlando City. Matthias Glick from Leeds. Leeds United States. Formerly Leeds United States. This DC United team should be much easier to watch than last year's slog. And hopefully that is true because I'm going to be watching a lot of DC United this year. DC United rounds out our nobodies at number 20, even though they shouldn't be a nobody. They might be close to the playoffs this year. We'll see. Pretenders, though. Next 10 teams are pretenders. They are pretending that they are competing for the championship, even though 
I don't think so. Please. Number 19 is Charlotte, last year's expansion team. Charlotte did not finish last last year. They did pretty well, despite it being their first season. And before the season, they had some major roster issues. They finished ninth in the East, 42 points last year. They picked up Enzo Copetti, their striker, who scored 21 goals for Racing Club in Argentina last year. That looks like a pretty good pickup, and many have been impressed with their manager, Christian Latanzio. Charlotte did pretty well last season, didn't make the playoffs, of course, but they got a pretty good pickup. I like where things are heading in Charlotte right now. They could be better than 19th. 18th, though, is Real Salt Lake, a team that should be firmly in the middle this year. RSL, they play a bit like Leeds. And if you've watched Leeds, you know, that's very frustrating. It's fun to watch, but if you're a fan of Leeds, it's frustrating because they have a lot of aggression. They make it fun to watch, but their defense is left exploited all the time. And on the counterattack, that could be costly for Real Salt Lake. 17 is Inter Miami. Not because they don't have Messi yet. They'd be a lot higher if they had Messi, but they don't yet. He might come. He might not. We'll see. But former MLS MVP Josef Martinez is coming over from Atlanta. He's just two goals short of 100 career goals in MLS, which means that this attack could be dangerous. And they also have DeAndre Yedlin, who is a U.S. men's national teamer. 16 is the team that Martinez left. Atlanta, who was immediately a force when they entered the league back in 2017. They play in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where the Falcons play. So it's, you know, 70, 80,000. It's massive. It's crazy in there. Biggest crowds in MLS. But the results have downgraded since then, and so is the talent. I mean, one of the best players, Martinez, just left. Miles Robinson, though, he's a U.S. men's national teamer. Hopefully, he's going to be back from an ACL injury to lead the defense. That's why he wasn't at the World Cup. But Atlanta are also hoping that Greek transfer, oh my gosh, Georgos Giacomakis, can lead a refreshed attack. I know Giannis's name, but I don't know that name. So hopefully I said it somewhat correctly. 15 is Sporting Kansas City. Chiefs won the Super Bowl in Kansas City, so why shouldn't Sporting Kansas City win MLS Cup? Well, they actually play in two different states because the Chiefs play in Missouri and Sporting KC plays in Kansas. It's the truth. So I'm not going to make that assumption. But many are expecting a jump for Sporting this year after Willie Agata led a reinforced attack in the latter half of last season. KC finished 12th in the West last year. That's not very good. They need to hold a steady defense, though. If they can't do that, they're going to have some trouble reaching the playoffs. There could be some teams behind them that jump them. And then Orlando City is 14th as we're halfway through our pretenders in MLS this year and also halfway of our entire rankings. How about that? Orlando. So MLS.com had season previews, too. And they had a bunch of people making predictions. And the predictions range from 2nd in the East to 12th in the East. So I've just put them in the middle. There is definitely talent on this team, but they have some major losses. Junior Orso, Ruan, and Jamutinho could hurt this team. They lost them. But this could be a really good year for Oscar Pereja's side. Or a massively disappointing one. Whichever, we'll see. It could be either one of those, really. A lot of people are thinking different things about Orlando. And then 13, back to the Pacific Northwest, is Portland Timbers, who made a splash in the offseason. They signed Evander for a club record transfer fee. And he was actually the Europa League's assist 
leader in the group stage this year back in Europe. This is true. They're going to score goals, but if their defense is anything like last year, they're also going to give up goals. Last season, they scored 53 goals, but the Portland Timbers also gave up 53 goals. You need to score more goals than you give up, you know, to win games. But they also need to stay disciplined because the Timbers tied for a league-high 91 yellow cards last year with Houston Dynamo. That's one thing they need to work on, too. Number 12 is the Red Bulls of New York, who play in New Jersey. But they are riddled with some famous American history. More specifically, this is the club where Tyler Adams, our great American, you don't know where I'm from, dog, got his start. And you know what? Jesse Marsh managed here, too. A couple of great Americans. America! But most of the squad from last year's fourth place finish, which did not include Tyler Adams or Jesse Marsh, returns this year. Although Aaron Long is no longer in defense. Aaron Long, we like to make fun of him. Oh, he's not very good for the U.S. men's national team. But he's a very good MLS defender. So that's kind of a loss. But in attack, Rebels are hoping that Belgium's Dante Van Zier becomes a regular goal-scoring threat for the Red Bulls who play in New Jersey. The Galaxy are 11th LA Galaxy. There's two MLS clubs in Los Angeles. This one's the first. And Galaxy have won the most MLS Cup titles of any club. They have five, but they haven't won one since 2014. And they haven't really gotten close. Their fans are getting tired of constantly underperforming. And they aren't looking happy about this year's squad. Chicharito is a dominant force in the league up top, one of the best players in the league. They should score plenty of goals, but the consistency of the defense is another big question, one that could hamper the Galaxy who play in Carson, California. Nashville rounds out our pretenders at number 10. Nashville SC, big names like to call Nashville home, actually. Consistent U.S. men's national team starter Walker Zimmerman holds down one of the best defenses in the league. And German Haney Mukhtar put 23 balls in the net last year. Nashville are one of those clubs that I think could do better than 10 and actually surprise this year. And they have a nice new stadium, which is always nice. Dan Snyder. Disgusting! Sorry, he doesn't own an MLS club. Now we are down to our final 9876543211. The contenders, our final tier of teams that I think could contend. For the MLS Cup title this year, let's get to it. Number nine, Columbus Crew. We talked about Montreal earlier and how they had a terrific last season. Well, the coach that led them last year, Wilfred Nancy, is now in Columbus with a team that finished eighth in the East last year. Columbus led the league in goals outside the 18-yard box last year. Nice fact. That's a fact. And their talented starting 11 could prove competitive against the best in the league. At times, watch out for Columbus Crew in the East. Then at eight, the other New York City team, New York City FC. If you didn't know, New York City FC calls Yankee Stadium home. They play at a baseball stadium, but they also play some home matches at City Field, home of the Mets, or Red Bull Arena in New Jersey, home of the New York Red Bulls, their crosstown rival. Not the best setup. Hopefully, they're going to have their own digs in a few years, but for now, They're just doing this little thing. And manager Nick Cushing is entering his second year in charge. New York City FC have a history of second-year managerial bumps, including for Patrick Vieira, who is now the manager of Crystal Palace in the Premier League. New York City FC is actually owned by City Football Group, which owns Manchester City. But 
They did lose MLS Cup winning keeper Sean Johnson and Philadelphia Union's backup Matt Fries comes in. I mean, for me, it's hard to see how New York City could finish ahead of the other teams that will come up on this list, which we're about to get to. NYCFC at 8, FC Cincinnati at 7. Their front three combined for 46 goals last season. Oh, yeah. And Luciano Acosta had a league-high 19 assists. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of facts. FC Cincinnati was a rough watch when they first came into the league in 2019. They were at the bottom. But under manager Pat Noonan, they have definitely been able to find an identity. The one improvement is going to have to come defensively, though, since he gave up 56 goals last year that was most for a playoff team tied with Inner miami And then six, we're getting into the good ones now, the champions of the CONCACAF Champions League last year. Despite not even making the playoffs last year, the Seattle Sounders became the first MLS side to make that claim, and they went to the Club World Cup earlier this month. That's right, they were the first team, not from Mexico, to win the CONCACAF Champions League, so how about that? But they didn't even, I mean, they couldn't win their only match in the Club World Cup. There's still reason for excitement, though. You've got two U.S. men's national teamers, Jordan Morris and Christian Moldon, who flanked the wings up top. Hopefully. This is what killed them last year. The injury bug is not as bad this year. If at full strength, Seattle is one of the best teams in the league. Toronto is in the top five. Toronto FC, I've got them as the team that could make a huge leap from second last in the East last year to potentially a top five team in the league. They added Sean Johnson at keeper from NYC, who was on the U.S. men's national team roster in the World Cup, by the way. Matt Hedges from Dallas to shore up a defense that needed a veteran leader badly, and he is one of the best in the league. Goal scoring is going to need to improve, though. 49 golazos last year, but hopefully Italy's Lorenzo Insigne, who played just 11 games last year, plays more than that this year. He scored six goals in those 11 games, by the way, and they paid a ton of money for him. Toronto could be a major surprise, I think. And then Austin, FC. They were the major surprise in MLS last year. They finished second in the West while they scored the third most goals in the league. And Austin seems like a fun place, even though I've never been there. And they've got our own Daniel Pereira in the midfield from the Hokies. So we got to support Austin FC. But you may remember we mentioned on the podcast, Claudia Reyna. I'm not going to get into all that drama again of the Reynas and the Burhalters. Ugh. Hopefully that drama doesn't affect this team because he was part of the organization. Now he's kind of not i don't know he's an advisor i don't know whatever because their attack could be so so good sebastian drusi returns from scoring 22 goals last season and jesse zardis comes in as a striker he used to play for the u.s men's national team when he last played for austin's manager josh wolf in 2018 when they were at columbus he had a career year with 19 goals that could be exciting and then three LAFC, last year's MLS Cup champions at third. There has been a ton of hype behind LAFC basically ever since they came into the league back in 2018. They have star owners that are in LA. They have really good players. They finally won the league title last year. I think they're slowly taking Los Angeles away from the galaxy. Even though Gareth Bale was a big name splash and got LAFC to penalties last year in the MLS Cup, his retirement is probably not that big of a loss didn't play that much. And then stud MLS defender, as I said, Aaron Long joins the back line and nine starters from last year's championship side are back. 
Watch out for Carlos Vela and LAFC once again. Just because they're third doesn't mean they couldn't win it all again. And then you've got FC Dallas. FC Dallas. That's the team who I have taking the West, not LAFC. Because Dallas are the only team besides New England that have played in every year of MLS, but they haven't won MLS Cup. That was a fact. That could change this year. They've got a front three headlined by U.S. men's national teamers Jesus Ferreira and Paul Ariola and also Alan Valesco. And the midfield with Sebastian Legette, another U.S. men's national teamer, also doesn't let the opponents get easy goals past. They only gave up 37 goals last year, which was second fewest in the league. I expect Dallas to improve on last year's 53 points and take the crown in the West. How about that? And then how about the crown for the league? My MLS Cup preseason pick is my number one team, the only team left, and that is the Philadelphia Union. Congratulations. Last year's runner-ups, the one team that allowed fewer goals than Dallas, the Union gave up just 26 goals last year. They came up just short in MLS Cup in penalties to LAFC, so they're going to be seeking some revenge this year. They lost a couple guys to Europe, including Paxton Aronson, but the defense, the guys they return, is just so dominant. Their keeper, Andre Blake, had a league-high 15 clean sheets last year. Kai Wagner is one of the best defenders in the league, so their defense is so tight, and the goal scoring with the front three of Daniel Gazdag 22 goals last year. Julian Carranza with 14 and Michael Lurie with 13 can be so dominant too. Trust me, because I remember watching Philly beat DC 7-0 on ESPN last year. That was not a good night. Man, that was rough. I mean, you look at this team, there are few flaws. And there's a reason why their head coach, Jim Curtin, is being talked about for the U.S. men's national team job. Love Philadelphia Union. Well, I don't, they're rivals with DC, so I don't love them, but I really think they're a good team. Probably the best team in MLS this year. That's my preseason pick to win MLS Cup 2023. So there you go. We went through all 29 teams. That's all you need to know about MLS before the 2023 season kicks off. There's a new way to watch MLS. You got the lowdown on what MLS is and a season preview. For the season that starts this Saturday, Nashville hosts New York City FC at 4.30 Eastern. The MLS season kicks off. That's on the Apple TV app and on Fox. And then starting at 7.30, we got the first Saturday slate of the season, which is topped off by one of the league's biggest rivalries, LA Galaxy and LAFC from the Rose Bowl at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on the Apple TV app. That should be massive crowd. It should be really exciting to watch. And every MLS match this weekend is going to be available for free on the Apple TV app, so you should check it out. It's a new era for MLS. I'm excited, and I cannot wait to be watching some American club soccer this Saturday. Oh my gosh. So there you have it. That is our season preview, a look at Major League Soccer in 2023. And those are all the facts I have for episode 95 of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember that if you liked all the facts that we had on this week's edition of the podcast, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, episode 95, rate and review the podcast, then go on all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Xander's Facts, that is Xander with a Z, and most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Xander's Facts Podcast, tell all your friends about the podcast, 
about Xander's Weekend Facts, our newsletter that comes out every Sunday morning. Check out Xander's Facts on YouTube too, because all our new episodes, including this one, are going to get posted there. Subscribe, like, whatever on YouTube. Then check out the Xander's Facts link tree, because it has all the Xander's Facts links that you need, including for the Xander's Facts website, xandersfacts.com, which includes the Xander's Facts shop. Get your facts swag at xandersfacts.com. That's a wrap on episode 95, y'all. Thank you all so much for listening. Episode 96 is coming up next week. What we're going to talk about, uh, something. We'll talk about something, that's for sure. With facts, you can be sure there will be facts next week on episode 96 of the podcast. But that is it. That is a wrap on episode 95 of the Xander's Facts podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. And the Xander's Facts podcast rolls on with episode 96 next week. Judge Xander.